What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the ABJ Podcast, episode 77 with Jacob Kelly. We'll be bringing in my guest here in a moment. Uh, very excited for this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to learn more about other lifestyles, other culture, other everything. I don't know the proper terminology. I'm here to learn with you today. It's my first non-wrestling guest in a very long time, so I'm super pumped. Uh, before we get into anything, make sure you check the links below for not only all things ABJ, but my guest, uh, their website, their social media is how to support uh by their book which is i'm excited to learn about too uh there's a lot going on um and also uh this is the first podcast that we're doing that's not live technically so uh so i'm doing this now instead of i was doing three episodes a week and it was hard for everyone to keep up and they're like listen we love you abj but you're putting way too much out at one time drop one a week and uh, so I have, I have a huge backlog. Um, they may be out of order. So if I say things in certain episodes coming up, that may seem like it's because of the way they've been recorded and the way I've been releasing them are a little off, but this is the first one um, that you guys are going to be seeing. If you want to keep seeing them live, or if you want early access, I found a way to do that for you guys. Um, so if you go to the discord in our links below, you can watch the podcast as they record um, live in the discord that all the recording times will be different going forward, but I will post what day they will be going live mm -hmm. and what day you guys can tune in and then join in and watch. There are people actually watching right now, which I'm very thankful for. Also, there's going to be a thread questions in there. So if you can't make it live, you can still ask questions and participate in the podcast uh, via discord. Also, if you want to check out episodes before they drop, it won't apply to this one because this is being recorded on a Wednesday and will drop for you guys on Thursday. But going forward, every episode will drop on a Monday on Patreon and then be live for the general public and everybody else on a Thursday. It costs a dollar to get in the Patreon. It's as low as I can get it. You can do more than a dollar. It's pretty much pay your own price. If whatever you think or however much you want to support, it's completely up to you. But the entry level is a buck and you it goes to help keep the lights on for the podcast. But another people that have been keeping the lights on is SVW. You see them in the bottom left corner. Guys, it has finally happened. A whole store fully dedicated to vintage wrestling. They say it can never be done, but I have seen it with my own eyes. Suplex Vintage Wrestling is a store curated by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Located on 5th Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Just one block south, uh, south of South Street in the heart of Queen Village. Their shop features the largest collection of vintage wrestling apparel under one under one roof. Their uh, selection and features uh, in classic designs featuring your favorite wrestlers from the Golden Age, Attitude Era, Internationals, Indies, and more. And if you're tired of watching premium live events at home, then SVW hosts the best watch party since your friend Kyle's birthday party when you were 12. And if shirts and watch parties are not your thing, let's not forget their selection of figures replica belts, trading cards, and from uh, T-shirts to hats to the rare wrestling memorabilia, they have something for every wrestling enthusiast out there. So what are you waiting for? Check them out at suplex.svw on Instagram or their website, suplexsvw.com, and let them satisfy your nostalgia needs. One day I'm going to get through that without fumbling, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a great moment for the podcast. But yeah, mm -hmm. make sure you go support them. They've been doing a lot for me. Uh, keep helping me uh, in this time of need, time of struggle. Um, and also coming up in the next couple of weeks, I will be on a plane heading over to the UK to see my very first live professional wrestling pay-per-view uh, in Wembley Stadium, which is a dream for me. All of my favorite musicians and bands I love have Wembley has been their mecca of their performances. Uh, I've never been out of the country 
in that capacity. I think I went to DR once. That's the farthest I've ever traveled. Uh, growing up poor, vacations were never a thing. So uh, one of my listeners, uh, Raz, uh, who's another content creator, is going to be meeting me there. He, uh, him, and his wife have funded a lot of the trip, and I, I love them dearly for this. But we'll be an all-in. So any merchandise, tips, donations, anything like that from now till I get on the plane on the 23rd helps me for my trip. I will be bringing back the vlog and uh, documenting the whole trip, and you can see uh, all that coming up very soon. Without further ado. Let me bring in my guest, Jacob Kelly. What's going on? Hi. Hello, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, I also did not know about SVW. So I think that is the coolest thing in the world to have a store just for that. Yeah, it's um, like a vintage store. So it's like all the old school T-shirts that you're looking for. They may or may not have it. Um, they're a really cool business. Yeah. yeah. They better work. They better work. Um, I guess to fill in the audience on who I am, because I am not a wrestler. I am a drag yeah. queen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Jacob Kelly, my drag uh, name and persona is Trixie Valentine. So just like wrestling, we have our own names and our own personas and what they get into. I've been doing drag for almost 10 years. My dragversary or anniversary of drag is this uh, coming February. So that'll be my official 10 years. And we're doing a huge, you know, 10 year of drag uh, party. Uh, and it's uh, just been a great time outside of drag. I'm a queer inclusive sex educator and LGBT DEI practitioner and specialist with my own business, Mix Kelly Core Education, which you can find me at juicywithjake.com. Um, below. And, yes, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> For me, I've just spent the last uh, decade building my career and passion to educating people, helping people, um, and inspiring communities. I mean, I just made it into national news for all the work we do in drag within the communities of Cole Township. So I'm I'm blessed. <laughs> yeah. So have you always been in the, we'll just say, 570 Pennsylvania area your whole life? Yes, I have. I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania. I was not born here. I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Unfortunately, I had to move here because that is where my mother's family side is from. And well, I've been here since. So, you know, this, it's uh, it's an interesting area. So I don't I, I, I love our area. I'm very proud to be a 570. It's all over my stuff. You know what I mean? But uh, but I, I do know where our community falls short. And where we where we definitely need our help. It's one that you can be proud of where you're from, but also know where it needs their help. And the biggest thing in this area that I think we need our most help is is culture. Like a lot of the times growing up in this area, it's been predominantly, you know, we're also from a, 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 a like at least my area of Pennsylvania, the coal towns. Uh, if you ever seen the movie Gangs of New York, very similar. One side of town had its own grocery store, school, everything, and that was the Irish side. This is the Italian side. So segregation in this area and keeping people in in boxes have always been a trait and a trope of this community for so long. Uh, so for you, has that been a challenge with your lifestyle and, and who you are as a person? And and for you to speak up and want to change that is insanely brave and like awesome I, i'm i'm that's it's not an easy thing to do in this area to come out and and break the molds what people are comfortable in in these small little coal region towns of pennsylvania yeah well so growing up i grew up in an asian american household so what most people don't know about me is i'm biracial um so i'm white and japanese and so i grew up in a household with different cultural automatically um, so I've already seen different faces of how like my Asian family gets treated compared to my non my white side. So like there's yeah. already been a different sense growing up of always seeing that. 
Um, and for me, I, I'm fortunate and privileged enough to pass as white. Uh, I say most of the time because I've had some really interesting conversations, derogative comments growing up where I'm just like, oh, okay, like, never mind. Uh, you definitely can see there certain physical traits of mine that um, are stereotypical Asian, at least from what they said. But to answer that question of uh, culture and growing up, uh, I definitely found a need uh, in, um, you know, we'll call it queer culture is what I call it, LGBTQA plus community, but I just prefer queer because it's easier than the acronym. And um, growing up, that was never easy. And I was one of the people that just said, "I like, here was, here was the secret. We had to move to go somewhere else. If I wanted to be out proud who I am, love who I want to love, dress how I want, I had to move. I had to move to a better city, a more popular place, a place that's more accepting. And I did not want to do that. And within my family structure, I did not want to leave my family. And so I was like, I, but I also don't want to not be who I am. So I busted those doors down and said, I'm here. I will be the public punching bag for those who are out there. And then like I gained strength, resilience, and now I have a backing and following. And now I've created different pride events. I've created different drag events. I've created educational opportunities. I get invited to colleges to actually teach professionals how to actually treat people, which is like, how do we treat people? Hopefully like- So crazy that, yeah. I guess, like, but this is an actual thing, so. Yeah, and it's a shame that in 2023, we are still fighting and recently, <laughs> I'm I'm not I, I I am I guess I I'm into politics and political stuff, but I definitely like I hate both sides of the extremes. But it's just like it's insane that we are still like your ballot and your vote still counts for people's rights today, and it's 2023, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, I uh, I, I I it's almost unbelievable at times where I'm just like. I, are we back 20 years ago? Actually, that's the running joke I tell people. This this area, as much as I'm proud of it, um, it's always 20 years behind. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, specifically in a lot of the work that I do, especially for queer culture. And I will say uh, it's also because it's not taught, right? Like there are ways to not get access to understand, you know, these different areas of sex, gender, uh, sexuality, gender expression. There's also different areas of like, when we question things and as a sex educator like i always tell people we're surrounded by sex and you're like what does that mean it's like relationships how we communicate the dialogue and love languages that we have the way we in, uh, interpret and embody different things to make ourselves feel better and make other people feel better that's all sex education it doesn't it does not specifically mean intersex so uh not intersex yeah. intercourse sorry intercourse right yes. so and um, there's so many levels to it. So when people open their minds about it, I'm just like, wow, we, we really see that. Like we are diverse. Um, but also like that diversity doesn't always have to impact us. It can just mean like we're neighbors, we're friends. And then how we behave is what the impact is. So, so I guess there's the first one right there. When you say, or, or when, when drag performers or people of the community are trying to educate, uh, let's just say younger generations are just people in general they're not trying to teach your kids sex they're not like hey let's go check out this website and we're gonna play your kids porn that's not the goal of the community it's to say hey these people are here and it's okay it's not like i much rather and then that's where i think the bear the first barrier of our society and our culture is is like i so the first thing for me growing up as a 90s 2000s kid 
the way other white kids insulted each other was with um unfortunately um I don't want to. How do you say hetero? Hetero are are being sorry. Um, homophobic slurs. Homophobic slurs. That's yeah. how we called each other. It was hey this, hey that, and I. It wasn't until I had my first like job in a factory and I worked with someone who was gay and I said something like oh that's this or I made the joke and they're like I don't mind the joke. I get where you're coming from, but do you understand what that can do? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes so for so for example, it was me, and he wasn't speaking for the co the community, and he was he was just speaking from their perspective. And he said, growing up, I was always afraid to come out and be who I was because everything that was associated with those words were demeaning and not good and bad, which put a thing in my brain saying I wouldn't be accepted if I was who I was. And I was like. Boom, right there. That was enough. That's all I needed to hear. Because growing up, I always felt like I never accepted. And I and it was just being normal. Like, I guess you would say like a normal society of that thing. So if words meant something to somebody, just be a little cautious of how you use them. Yeah, I think it takes a place in like what compassion can look like. Mm -hmm. um, especially when we share individual stories with other people or in, in these instances of when we have to check someone, at least that's what I call it. When you check someone, you're like, oh, hold up. We, you know, we got to call in for a minute. And so it's, it's a good experience to kind of help people relate with compassion and then empathy, right? So when we share those stories, it's like, do you want to belong and be accepted here? Well, yes, I do too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we have Maslow's hierarchy of need, which only shows us that it's a need of every human. So in that sense, uh, when we act on compassion and empathy in these areas, specifically when we don't know or it looks different or we're uncertain of what it is because we've never seen it before you know stop stop entering in a place of hate or these biases and start entering it with compassion and empathy because as a drag queen yo this year has been wild this is the first year i've ever had protests at my show this is i've had hate and death threats online before that's the norm but people actually showing up is one of those things that i'm sitting here like this is wild. You you spent your time instead of buying a ticket to come to the show to go across the street and protest. That's wild to me. Yeah, uh, I'm very proud of my my sanctuary family. I don't. I'm not sure if it was one of your performances, but they showed up and counter protested the protest, which I was like, I wish I was able to do that. I I always wanted my one of the reasons I got into the content space was Kevin Smith. I love Kevin Smith, and he uh, he always did that where he counter protested, and I just watched a video of uh, Dave Grohl on a flatbed of a truck counter protesting a protest and they all sang like ABBA like they did like a whole album of doing ABBA music but in like Foo Fighters covers and then just went around the counter protest in the truck and kept playing music and being like stop hating just dance baby and they're just singing and they're having a good time <laughs> but it was it's yeah, I mean, fun that's, uh, that's allyship that's that's allyship that's support that's how you know when community has prog progressed because we now have like the even though it's unfortunate we have it, the, you know, anti-protest or the the way to protest in a way that's more celebratory, right? So it's more of a celebratory type way instead of saying, no, we don't want this. So I I was there. It was uh, one of the shows I was at. So I appreciate the sanctuary for coming out and doing that. And it was just like, like work. Like it, it yeah. brought a feeling of like someone has our back and we don't have to constantly be fighting ourselves. Yeah. Well, pro wrestling, just to kind of tie it back to that, it was kind of a, a way for me to uh, learn about the community uh, in, a, in a sense. But it also maybe 
I, I was smart enough as a kid to realize when they were characters and they weren't when they weren't because anytime an androgynous character, what they would call them, they would, you know what I mean? Um, they were almost always bad guys and they almost always got chanted really horrible things at them. And just being a 90s kid and seeing that as being portrayed as the community. But then now you watch wrestling and it's like, oh, well, that wrestler is just a, a normal wrestler, but they're also gay and they're celebrated for so. And it's like, it's it's like it's crazy how far it's come so an example that just recently happened there's a wrestler named anthony bowens um openly gay wrestler and the the the, the bit in the the skit they were did in the ring was the girl was like anthony because he's a he's a good looking guy and the girl's like you want me you want me and like like trying to flirt and do everything he's like honey i don't know if you're aware of this but <laughs> i'm gay and the whole crowd chanted, he is gay he, but it wasn't like a hateful chant and then he made a post saying, like, it's crazy because if this would have been a bit in, in this industry five years ago, 10 years ago, it would have been met with so much hate and negativity chance and just how far we've come. And it's because of people like you putting it out there and people just for like, I wouldn't say forcing it because it, it has to be it like change don't happen. You can't make an omelet without breaking a couple eggs. Um of of that happening and people being like it's not that big of a deal we should stop treating it as such uh i love that first of all and i also relate to the growing up of what um characters we had to have us as representations and so i've actually watched wrestling back in the day i don't watch it now of what today is so unfortunately i don't really know what today is i apologize but i actually enjoy wrestling so it's anytime anyone's like you want to go watch it i will always say yes because i always enjoy the you know the acting of it the i also just enjoy people throwing each other like that's fun to watch hate to say it uh <laughs> but um <laughs> so uh you know i i can relate to what characters when like even i if i had to think about what characters i, I had two characters i really liked either I, I wanted them to be with them as in like you know you look good <laughs> You then also like I want that aesthetic and a lot of the aesthetics I've always found most attractive are actually the female wrestlers because they always had shinier things they were sexier like the and I was like I want to wear the same thing I want my body to look that good so there is who are your wrestlers yeah oh god I knew I knew this question was going to come up so um I will have to google them because I don't know the full names it's been a long time since I've watched wrestling so Um, my first favorite wrestler played an androgynous i guess you would say he was de- like he never was ever put out as he was a like a gay or but he was a very out sexualized wrestler uh and he was the sexy boy it was Shawn michaels uh when he first came out he was very flamboyant he wore the earrings but it was always like he he, he told the line very early in his career of what he may have been it, like i guess in that time of like the metrosexual i'm terrible with t- terminology so i'm still like i don't know how to what but that's what i would always assimilate it with where it was a, a masculine male but he would wear like the earrings and had his hair fluttered and like he had some makeup on early on and he was with like a really f- uh, flashy valet her name was sensational sherry and uh that was the early like that for me that was the earliest of that introduction and then later on there was a character gold dust which was mm. like crazy like that character bounced all over the place marlena who was whew. that was an yeah. awakening for me as a young man <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, so I think you use the term metrosexual appropriately, so don't worry about it. Uh, okay. you're good. It's, it's just, uh, it's the meaning of being well-kept and groomed in a yeah. masculine, uh, appearance. It's, it's very interesting how 
I, I have mixed feelings on that term, but hey, work. <laughs> I think it's kind of a silly term, but I'm just trying to assimilate, I guess you would say, or use the proper. Uh, oh, yeah. no, I, I agree. Think, I'm like, it's just yeah. me. Yeah, it's taking care of yourself a little bit, like combing your hair. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, you're so metrosexual. I'm like, because I washed today. Like, <laughs> I don't have grime under my nails. Like, right. I lotion my skin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so who, so I actually kind of rewinding back, um, early on, you know, coming out, which is a huge deal. I couldn't even put myself in that, that situation of doing that to your friends and family. And then like, at what age, what, what did that happen for you? Um, so I, so I have, uh, two understandings of coming out for queer people. And so the first one is that idea, the understanding of like, we finally realize who we are. Um, mm -hmm. which doesn't happen uh, typically when we start sharing with other people. It's like a realization for ourselves. And to me, that is the first step for queer people to come out. Um, and so I was 14 um, in high school is when I was like, and how I found out I was sort of different or my sexuality and well, my gender, I explored a little bit different and we can get more into that, but drag is what helped me understand my gender. Um, yeah. So, but sexually, uh, like when I was 14, I didn't realize that my male friends found females attractive the way I find my male friends attractive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, wait, how they're talking about those women right now is how I'm thinking about them. And, it, and you know, a little bit different, but I was just like, oh, I guess it's not normal for, you know, to romanticize about holding men's hand for who I am. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so that was kind of like my first few experiences to myself to be like, oh, I, I'm different. Like, I'm not, I'm not straight, sort of say. And I didn't have the words back then, right? We didn't have, uh, so this was 2010. And I was like, we didn't have words back then. We didn't have a large way to connect the internet wasn't even uh connecting within what like what we have as resources now so it took me a while to figure out what all these words means and all these other things were so um i came out uh when i was around 19 18 19 so after i got out of high school into college and uh one of my biggest rules for me was um i never wanted making coming out a big deal like i was like i shouldn't have to uh, make who I am in love with and who I'm attracted to this biggest thing in my life. And now I have a career based off of helping others. So it's great. Yeah. Um, but I was with my best friend and I just said, I like men. Like we were just driving to the mall and I was like, I like men. And the first reaction she had was, oh my God, we both have another thing in common. We both love penis. And <laughs> there it is. Uh, I, it just, I guess for me, it just it's scary to like think of being 14. And I, that's another thing I think that's a big barrier when people try to de 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 demonize this is like they're like, that's too young for kids to be learning that. I'm like, no, it's not like I remember being a kid and being like at that age being like, that's what I'm into. That's my thing. You know, what I mean, did I explore it sexually? No, but I knew where my wires were crossed and what I was into. And like, that's, that's attractive to me. That's doing something for me. Um, so I don't think it's too early for a kid to learn that at that age. But the thing is, is for me is like, I couldn't imagine having to like mask or hide that because I don't want people to be like, Oh, well, that's what you're into. I'm not, I'm not comfortable being around you. You're going to think I, like, 
no, calm down. Don't flatter yourself, maybe. But like you have to hide who you are for most of your childhood and most of your high school and most of your those years where that's so predominant. And it's like it, it, we act as a, soul, a, a society where it's not that big of a deal. But if you watch pop culture or movies or any of that where people call it now woke, look at The Breakfast Club. Look at every movie of the 80s of Pretty in Pink. And uh, that was all that's real life that's not movies that's kids being kids and find out who they are whether it be as a person personality wise sexuality all of that and for them to now say that that's never been a thing for at, at all is insane for me to think about as a pop culture person but like the fact that you said you waited till you were out of high school and stuff like to me that's kind of sad that you had to hide that most of your life and if a kid can now be open and be accepted that's beautiful because it's it's got to suck being not who you are for such a long period of time until you're at a place of comfort where you feel like you, it's okay to do so. And yeah, that so that's essentially why I asked that question because like it hurts my heart for you that you had to hide for so long because you because of the way our society was. Uh, thank you. Um, it's interesting to always hear that. Uh, side mostly because you never, I never expected it to be like people to actually feel uh, concerned. Um, but then I also understand the concerning feeling, but maybe it's just because I live it. However, uh, I definitely like my motto for me and my business in life is like I'm doing what I'm doing because I wanted, I need, I want to be the person I needed when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And who I needed was someone to say, like, it is okay to be different. Uh, yes, this is normal. Yes, this is should be allowed. Yes, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, um, one of my biggest issues is when people tell me my like LGBTQA queerness is a political thing. I was like, this isn't a. I'm just existing. I'm just. It's here. a social issue. <laughs> I just want to live as me and uh, be respected equally the way other people do. And um, when people are challenged that it's such a frustrating feeling because it's like, why am I fighting to exist? Why, why like you get to go to your closet, pick out where, whatever you want. I should have the same equal opportunity and have like walk into society with no issues. I mean, I might get stared at because I know I look good, but it should be because I'm looking good. Not because you're uncomfortable. Well, let's, let's real quick. Let's, let's talk about looking good. You're yeah. killing this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're killing that shit. <laughs> I, last time I seen a suit rock that hard was Panic at the Disco's music. Uh, I, uh, the what was it? I I I, I don't remember the name of the song. It's I literally blank. But the I chimed in. Have you people ever heard of the whole thing? Uh, yeah, with the white gloves, killing the game. Um, who were who were inspirations? So I, I ask like how you got into your industry normally in this podcast of the earliest memories of falling in love with your your business and stuff. But it's a little different for this. But who were beacons of light or hope for you growing up of saying that's what I can be? Maybe on a pop culture level or anything to be like this is what I I, I want to be able to be that person and and it's and it's okay. So who were some of your influences? Um, I would say well my number one influences was actually Katy Perry. Um, I really loved her music. I still do. I'm a huge fan. And she was so creative and different at the time when she had her second album come out, Teenage Dreams. So that was around 2010, 2011. So around the time actually started coming out. And uh, it was when I watched her music video for Firework. It was the first scene where I watched uh, two uh, men kiss each other, like on TV. 
in a music video. And like the the song itself is one of my favorites. It's absolutely beautiful. But what I remember sitting in high school because uh, we used to sit in the cafeteria and they had playing different things in the morning. And that was the scene that played. And um, I don't think anyone realized it was on, but I did. And when I watched it, I'm just like, is this real? Like, is are, did those two and everyone... <laughs> It was such a phenomenal moment that I just felt inspired and empowered. And so then that's actually made me fall in love with Katy Perry and her music is just absolutely amazing. And her, this album, I'll say Teenage Dream, she, I loved Prism. Her fourth album was not so great. Her fifth album was okay. We won't, we won't talk about the most recent ones, but back then, um, the, the magic she brought, um, in the, the livelihood. So when it, and when it came to my drag, she was my inspiration to start drag of being colorful, cute, um like cute sexy right like so it's kind of sexy but we're not showing you everything we're maybe just showing you our good collarbone or our nice legs but we're not giving you everything um and it was so empowering and so she was one of the first um i would say more of a celebrity role model that i was just like i love her thing of like you can be anything you want and don't let anyone stop you um i also was a huge lady gaga fan i wasn't super into her as others but I loved her messaging and um, over time her messenger just became more powerful um, because back then she also was one that pushed like, it's okay to be different. She had all of the right campaigns for queer people to just be out and proud and celebrated. Um, when it came to, honestly, the one of the first androgynous people that I could actually think of, and I say androgynous because I don't know um his full identity but the way he appears and that would be um billy porter billy porter has such androgynous um expressions and uh is rightfully out um kind of that forceful aspect we talked about how we like people just force it or we challenge in a rebellion stage for just being unapologetic he does the same thing and i absolutely love and feel empowered by that and honestly the other person would be rupaul um, mixed feelings on what RuPaul looks like today, but back in the day when, um, like the first, the reason why I started drag was I watched an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, when you had to actually try to subscribe to Logo and it was hidden and nobody knew about it. Like when it was like seasons two and three, when I watched it, um, you know, I'm like, oh my God, like I want to do this. I love this. And so seeing these, uh, different, um, queer people on TV was just like, oh, we can exist in an authentic way of some kind of way. And that's kind of, now it's just elevated, right? Like now we have like, I guess one of the biggest people I absolutely love was Laverne Cox. I have the Laverne Cox Barbie doll. Like I love her. I, I've been to some of where she speaks. She speaks with such authenticity and such a power. She says, uh, one of my favorite lines she has is trans is beautiful and how it is uh, she speaks about it is, a lot of the times for trans individuals or non-binary gender non-conforming people, we always feel like we have to hide our transness or non-binariness. And she's like, you know, you don't have to hide it. it. It's not supposed to look like everyone else, right? And like she even said, like, if you have a bulge and it shows, you have a bulge and it shows. There's nothing wrong with it. And I like, I just like, I felt so empowered to be like, that's right. Like, I don't have to shave my legs to look feminine for someone else. I'm gonna just look like me, like, or like I'm wearing a dress right now, although you can't see that the lower half of it. But I was like, I would wear this out in public and be like, I'm not gonna be a pro. Like, I don't have to make sure my body fits. Like my body's going to look the way it's supposed to. And um, yeah, so these, yes. Yeah, so to name a few, those are a few. <laughs> and by the way, 
amazing job at Dr. Frankenfurter and Rock. When people hated on that, I was like, are you crazy? I thought it was done very i'm a so that's another introduction for me uh when it came to the communities was rocky horror picture show uh one of my aunts took me to go see it and i was so like what is happening and i remember being in the crowd because the first time i seen it was with a live performance while the movie played but i just remember being terrified like are they gonna come and like dance on me like what's gonna happen like please god don't make me part of the performance and they're like immediately was like is this your first time here? And I was like, yeah. It's like, have you ever seen Rocky Horror before? I go, no. And then I got a giant V drawn on my head as a virgin. And I had an absolute blast. And I remember watching that and being like, this is sick. And then uh, kind of being in the punk rock scene. Um, I think a lot of times people growing up, they see punk kids and they think that they're closed-mindedness and they're anti-everything. But realistically, Punk rock kids were very inclusive when it came to like LGBT and people of color and everything because they were they were anti-establishment. Like I and I was just like it, it's kind of like I don't know, kind of looking at someone's imager and then just tearing it down and learning who they are as a person. Um, because I, I growing up as the like the punk scene, it was like, oh, you have spiked hair and you you probably don't like like people of color. And I remember as a kid growing up when I met my friends are like, well, punk isn't punk racist. I'm like, no, the ag- exactly ap- exact opposite. I said, punk is hip hop with drums and guitars. And they're like, what? And I was like, well, it's poor white people saying how they hate the way society is. And they're like, that's awesome. And then now you see those cultures coming together. Uh, actually my introduction to Katy Perry was Travis McCoy. Cause I used to date gym class heroes. Okay. And uh, Cupid's Chokehold, she's in this video. So there's a little bit of my punk emo coming into blend, blending our two things together. But um, when did you realize that, hey, I want to perform, uh, you know, start performing? Uh, how did you come up with your identity, your character of, of Trixie Valentine? And and who introduced you into the scene to start doing it? Because once again, Northeast Pennsylvania, you're probably a trendsetter yeah. in that department. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that, there's, um, there was, because it's now more out, but there was a hidden drag scene uh, in these small areas. Like the first place I performed was DC's Bars out in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. And it's in the middle of a cornfield. Like it is in the middle of nowhere. You have to travel to get it. And you're just like, like I remember going here because they had one of those nights where it can be 18 and up, but like we had to wear a wristband. Was CC's like on the main drag? So it's like it what the to get there it's on the main drag, but then like you have to like go to this back road and then you have okay. to literally travel behind a cornfield. <laughs> and so um they're like, let's go. Uh and I was like, okay. And so I was going because my twin, uh, who is Harpy Daniels, the internationally sensation navy drag queen, uh, that was their first performance. So I wanted to go support them. Uh well, for their this was their four independent, like they're performing. And so I wanted to go support them, so I did it. And so, like, we're there. And um, prior to this, we've already seen RuPaul's Drag Race on TV and fell in love with it. And, um, you know, we're going. And I remember watching this beautiful queen named Tequila Daniels, who's now my drag mother, come out into the stage. And I'm just in, like, awe. The way she performed, how fun she had. The stage was uh, lit up. The audience was cheering. People are like laughing and having a good time. And it was just an atmosphere of just pure fun and joy. You kind of forgot about the world around you just for a second. 
And so um, that's how I fell in love with the artistry of drag in person and seeing it. And then I, of course, watched my twin perform. My twin is one of my biggest idols in life because they started drag um, about a year before me. And then I started drag a year after. And I just I, I just meant all to know like my starting ground was because uh, my twin, me and my twin have like yin and yang um, type energy. So we push on each other to help each other's grow. Or we I, I don't like saying we lift each other up to help each other grow. So like when one gets higher, we bring the next one up and then vice versa. And so in this aspect, uh, my twin was a big part of like helping me teach me to start to do makeup and things like that. And then get me connected to other people who could teach me to do it a little bit better. And you just I just grew from there in 2014. So it was 2014 um, and just grew. And so for me... I've always been a performer. So I did geek belly dancing. So I was into cosplay uh, and I traveled the East Coast with a belly dance group called Antipode. Uh, and we did skits and performances. So I'm used to that. I did color guard and marching band and theater in college and high school. And so I've always been a performer, but drag was its own separate entity. And so I just said, I'm gonna do it. And I entered a amateur competition and how I came up with my name, and this is, it's awful. It's not anything spectacular, but I wanted a name that wasn't like weirdly associated. So I didn't want one of those names that have a pun with it. I wanted a name when you said it, it made you think America's sweetheart. Um, so That's exactly I first, what I get out of it. Thank you. So I was like uh, Trixie with a Y. <laughs> and so I liked the way it rolled off the tongue. And I was like, but it also wasn't a common name, like for an average name. And I was like, I like it. And then Valentine was because I started two days after Valentine. And when I said it together, it just, it, the way the way your mouth just feels after saying it is the reason why it's now Trixie Valentine. Uh, because yeah. people will intentionally say the full name now. <laughs> it, Trixie Valentine, when I when I first heard it and seen it and, and anything, I feel like Trixie Valentine should be on a bomb during World War II as a pinup girl. You know what yes! I mean? Like that's that's the vibe. Like American like American Pie, World War II, do it for the boys type deal. That's what I get when I hear the name Trixie Valentine. <laughs> good, good. Cause that's what I because I just wore like the one outfit I just wore was a white uh and uh a white polka dotted red dress. Yeah. And people yep. like, you look so good. And I was like, that's because those are my roots. Those type of dresses is what I used to wear to know like you look like I look like a 50s housewife, but at the same time. I can look up the pinup girl in page three. Yes. I, that's exactly <laughs> the, the vibe I get for the, the, the name. Um, for you, the first time, you know, presenting as Trixie or even just in general in your personal life or wearing makeup, was what were your emotions? Like, was it, was there fear? Was there confidence? Like, like the first time doing that? I, so... Uh, wearing makeup in public took me such a long time. So in drag, it was okay because it felt like a mask, right? Mm -hmm. Or a different person. But drag gave me confidence to start wearing makeup as me uh, to certain events that empowered me. But um, the goal was to always look pretty. So I was, my goal was to always practice makeup to the point that I look pretty. Now I know I look stunning. So, and I, no one can tell me any different. Uh, listen, but listen, I need you to keep fighting that fight because I feel like I was born in the wrong era. I want 80s hair metal to come back in a way just so I have an excuse to wear a guy liner. You know what I mean? Like, I. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm going to sneak it in Halloween one year, but realistically, if I could rock a little bit, I would do it. I would do it. I mean, I'd say be the trailblazer, but there are certain times when you can't bring back certain decade uh, trends, unfortunately. You have to have the right time and moment. So yeah. find your moment and then do it and then just make it a thing after. Well, the shirt um, I wore for my first drag performance was the Motley Crue Shadow of the Devil because that was like 80s rock when they were they were essentially drag at that point in time in that yeah. album. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to think all these pop culture references and they're always here like drag is this. You yeah. all come from the decade that helped us get the outfits we have today. Yeah, Iggy Pop wore a dress on stage all the time. <laughs> um, one of the biggest feelings I had was the first dress I ever worn. It was a white Marilyn Monroe style dress. And uh, it wasn't the first time I wore it was it, to myself because you have to make sure everything fits. But I remember looking in the mirror and I ended up crying. <laughs> I ended up in awe because I felt pretty. Like I actually told myself, you are beautiful and like this sense of embodying beauty. And so I always tell people my body is beautiful. It's what I put on it that emphasizes it. And that was the first time I emphasized my beauty in a way that I loved. And um, drag since then has just empowered me to just try on different things and do other things. And then like, and it helped me encourage like now I'm like, no, I'm going to wear what I want to because I don't need my drag persona or my 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 mask in some way to then help me outside of this and it's not for everyone i do want to put the disclaimer out there for anyone listening not ev everyone in drag is different for me this is how i it helped me grow not everyone does right some people are like nope this is who i am in drag i'm the complete opposite out of drag and that's okay too i don't want them mm -hmm. to think that's the way i'm have interpreted it but drag for me though in my story though has helped me find confidence in beauty and being like, you know what, if Trixie can get on that stage, even though she's nervous as hell and is like ready to throw up and, but she's going to turn the house down every single time then I can do this in my everyday life. Confidence in general, in just humans is powerful. You can, if you're a confidence in yourself and you project confidence in yourself, even if maybe you're not looking that great that day, people will perceive you as what you're, putting out when on with your energy and your confidence levels which is huge and how you said like being the performer Trixie and then not blurring those lines or blurring those lines and that's the same thing with professional wrestling like some like I <laughs> my biggest challenge especially someone who does commentary I try not to learn the performers real names so I don't mess it up on commentary so like oh my name's this and they're like we'll be out and away from it like yo uh for example I was the same precious right precious uh, is a member of, of the sanctuary i've known precious for years before they entered professional wrestling and i know them as their shoot name and then i'll see them I'm like precious and they're like what are you i'm like just i have to wire my brain you are now precious forever I have <laughs> uh, because the idea of professional wrestling is that kayfabe was something that it's not really there anymore but we still try to keep it alive in some aspects in front of fans and everything like that so that that similarity is is beautiful um one of the biggest takeaways i got for you as a person the day of the sanctuary when you guys when you all performed uh, sorry i keep saying you guys dude and you guys is my 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 crutch i guess um everyone that i talked to that day uh not only spoke insanely highly of you but spoke of you as as a as a trailblazer as a as a someone as someone who you're you're a beacon 
for not just the community and not just the performance of drag because the term i heard a lot was drag drag mother right so and a lot of people were putting that title on you and then i learned later it's because you were the one who helped bring them into this industry bring them into their comfort zone help them become maybe something they weren't before and then develop this character and then got them into what they are and and the idea of drag isn't just of someone stepping on a stage and performing how you're saying they take that off stage and they're comfortable being who they are outside of that as well and and you have been widely talked about in this area in this community as someone who's helped a lot of people do that so i think that's super important for people in the audience to know is not you're not just the performer but what you do outside of that and your teachings and your education is 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 very is is important is very important thank you uh i I have heard being called a beacon several times. I'm very humble. So it's one of those when I hear it, I just want to say thank you to anyone who looks up to me or sees me as a role model of any kind. But one thing that I've learned is drag is not just a performance. Um, it's a life lesson. Uh, anyone who has gotten into drag feels empowered in some way. Anyone who's been to a drag show should in all should always feel that authenticity of who they are can exist in the same space as other authenticities. And it's the one like two truths can exist um, in a positive light. And um, for me, drag and the way I run drag and the way I run drug shows, drag shows is um, not the same as other people. And it, it's because I've learned to harness um, pieces of uh, like humanity and comfort and exhilaration but then also I've uh, harnessed like discomfort and I push that boundary to be like, you know, why are you not smiling? Like joy, like queer joy, joy in itself should always be first for me. And when you find the power of joy, you bring that back into your life. You're not, you might see yourself smiling a little bit better at the small things because um, drag helps tar uh, tarnish and get rid of some of this negativity that we face. Um, all the time and it's just finally like a place like can we just exist in a place and be us because when we do that everyone gets to be a part of it and when we get to do that we are just we're just celebrating joy and um being a beacon for that trailblazer is we now get to live it right like i'm going to wake up joyful because i know that can bring life to other and like we mentioned earlier about confidence confidence is contagious when you see someone else confident, you now learn like you can do that too. And you can be confident too. And you can be motivated too. I don't know how many people I've had actually always reach out to me and go, can you help me with my confidence? And I'm like, so why are you not believing in yourself? Like you don't need to be, you don't need drag to do that. Drag has helped me to do that. But like, if you want to help this idea of existing of who you are, then stop doubting yourself. Why are you the one? putting it back on yourself no one's putting that on you and then if they are why are you listening to them like you are the most powerful being in your life because you're the one that wakes up every day and tells yourself what to do and drag has a way it's taught me to go I'm waking up putting this wig on because I feel damn good I want to be who I am and that is contagious for other people because people are looking at me going this person chose to do that and is living their best life absolutely that's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And every form of art is that. So like I I 
I tried to be that in the space of the content thing because in our area, like it's not really widely say like, oh, I want to chase a dream of being a content creator. But one of the questions I, I have just for my own personal question here is when you're someone who's always trying to be that exude that confidence and exude that uh, positivity and exude that uh, something that people can go to. How do you then on your off days? uh high because essentially you're still masking in a way because you always feel like at least in my experience you have to feel like you have to be on your game because people need you to be on your game so on your off days how do you how do you recharge i um so i live a life where i um feel like i need control so i'm a capricorn by the way so anyone who knows a capricorn we always have to be in control for for everything including emotions. i'm still learning that aspect of the world <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm a a sagittarius but then i find there's like a rising moon a falling i don't know there's too much going on i can't keep track of everything and crystals and jars of ash i don't know there's a lot it's a lot <laughs> uh, love it. um so for me i take small chances of control and that is knowing like i'm intentionally living right and when you intentionally live you are you are and you are intentionally wanting to thrive, not just survive. You are, you know, planning out what you need to plan out. And it doesn't have to look the same every day. That's the one thing I tell people. Like when I tell people like you have a list every day, I do. And I hope to fill out that list every single day. And that list is, you know, brushing my teeth, uh, taking a shower, walking, eating, um, telling three things I love about myself, whether that is physical or any other type of thing. I have things set around my house that remind me of the successes I have, while at the same time I have things around my house that remind me of what I overcame in those challenges. And they're subtle and it's simple, but it helps bring peace to me. And one of the best things I tell people is learn to sit with yourself. And I mean in silence, like spend 10 uh, minutes a day start with maybe five if you're not used to it and just sit with you don't use your phone don't put music on the background just sit there and when some people i've learned and it's hard they get uncomfortable because they haven't learned that they can just sit with themselves they don't need all this other stuff and yes your thoughts can run wild too like it's not meditation you're not just sitting there with your eyes closed or you're zoning out you are you are straight just sitting there you can look at things that's fine but like just sit there don't do anything and eventually once you become comfortable sitting there by yourself then everything else around you becomes easier because then you become easier with sitting with other people sitting in discomfort sitting in with you and processing your feelings and emotions sitting there when you are at your highest to then when you're at your lowest and at, when i'm at my lowest it sounds easier than what it said but you do also need support i have friends that i can contact and call I have a playlist that I will play because I'm one of those people, if I'm feeling sad, I don't need happy music. I need that music that's going to help me cry <laughs> Yeah. because yep. after I'm done crying, I'll feel better. And I so listen to sad songs when I'm happy <laughs> to remind myself, like, I don't know. It's I'm the I'll complete. I'm the Weezer song. All my favorite songs are slow and sad like that. That helps me when I'm in a good mood to listen to. Like, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm so backwards. And, hey, if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i want to pull the curtain back a little bit uh in the wrestling term we call it breaking kayfabe uh, i don't i'm not sure what the terminology is in, in the drag but there's a few different i'm gonna describe them the best i can and if there's a terminology or a reason for it I, I so um learned at your performance there's drag queens and drag kings 
So that's the drag queen is when someone presents female and then drag king is when someone presents male. Yeah. Uh, so, at your mm -hmm. show, you you have a, a drag king, correct? Huh? Pro um, no offense, Trixie Valentine and everyone who performed that night. Uh, the drag, I, I don't remember everyone's names. I do apologize. That would be, uh, so you're thinking of Xander, Xander Valentine, my drag son. Xander stole the goddamn show every time. <laughs> um, take me to church in the sanctuary. I love that song already, but as a Pope pop, yes. pop is a cheer. I get in professional wrestling. I loved it. Um, uh, when someone's, um, wig comes off or their hair comes off. I guess that was a big that got a big reaction. Is there a terminology for that, or is that just a mistake that you just roll with? Yo, when you lose your wig, you lose your wig. Um, if you intentionally take it off, so we typically like to think the wig reveals, but if you don't have another wig underneath, it's not a reveal. Okay. <laughs> if you just lose your wig. Um, I think the terms of endearment is like gagged, right? So like when we're gagged by something, it could be good or bad, but typically it's like you're gooped, you're gagged, you're like, wow, I was not expecting that. Like you're speechless. Um, yeah. and then like the feeling of um like uh like work when when I tell someone she better work, it means they're putting in the effort on the stage. So that's a lot of the times we get that feeling of like she's you're doing the thing he's up on the stage he's working like and you get that hype feeling because you know they're doing everything in their power to give you a performance that you just want like you just are encouraging them to do more um i'm trying to think of other things um, um, another one here is is we call them bumps in wrestling is when you take a fall or you drop down to the ground <laughs> uh, you, the way they do it and use either uh, a drop split or you just ragdoll <laughs> right, so it's, death, it's their death drops although the one thing about that stage was we could do anything and not really be hurt which was the best thing in the world we oh, loved you were it. cashing in on it that night oh, it, it so <laughs> i haven't i mean i just did a, a death drop at a different pride event and i was like do i have the strength to do this yes and i did it but on your stage, I was like, I don't need the strength to do it. I know I'm going to semi-be okay as long as my body can at least fall backwards in a graceful thing. And so we had a moment. So those were death drops, splits, tumbles. Uh, we we did it all. And then like the performance value of like with like, so yours was an interesting show. You had a rare show and everyone needs to come to because they don't exist or if they exist they're not in this area um we went you saw a lip sync battle royale which is um where the entire show minus you know myself and xander um you saw two queens or uh actually they were all drag queens uh go head to head against each other in lip sync battling where they performed the same song knowing the same words and we had to vote who did better and like that is like wrestling in our area right where two people go up against each other we're not we don't have that contact drag is not a contact sport and it's in my book tipping is a must if you need to know but um uh drag is not about contact it's about who can bring that odd who can give a song when you look at them you're like they did better and you're like what did they do they better at lip syncing they you felt the song you felt the energy um you felt like they were singing it you felt like they were the ones uh bringing you the power and the emotion to what the song was supposed to give and that is a rare moment for you so i have to say you came to a good show because i was standing back there with you and i was i wasn't sure what to expect it was my first time watching a lip sync battle typically i'm part of them so when i watched it i was like this is everything like they, yeah. they the queens going head to head 
gave you everything ever you ever wanted. And so I now, thought it was a fabulous I, show. I have a question, but I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to cause any drama. <laughs> um, but oh, that did. competition seemed to get a little like people took it serious. We'll say. <laughs> um, I definitely well, felt that energy. <laughs> one of my best duties. Two. Two of my best duties were on that stage, and one of them apologized to me a few weeks later. They're like, "I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to get that. That I just didn't expect to be so competitive." And I was like, "No, I get it. Like, it's a kind he of got like real that. competitive. Yeah. I loved it." <laughs> And so, and then my other, my best Judy, who was the one who got second, uh, Ariana Autumns, uh, I looked at her and said, how dare you not know the, the words to It's Raining Men? It is like the gay anthem of every gay person should know. Um, and so she goes, but she, she literally goes, but I was in it. I was in it to win it. And I was like, you yes. were. And so she wasn't, she wasn't upset that she um, didn't win. However, like she felt that energy of like, I let myself down in this competition. And like yes. it, it, those, those two, um, Phoebe and Ariana are one of my best sisters. And it was a so, moment. Like, so I thought, I thought there was three clear front runners in the competition. I'll say everybody was fantastic. Um, I think the finals should have been two other people, but the person who won deserved to win it all. Can I can I know who the, the people were? I think the one that got upset that took it really, really personal should have been in the finals. Okay. <laughs> but I thought the people who I think the people who are in the finals were both extremely talented. But uh I I, I think at the end of the day it wouldn't have mattered because the person who won should have won the whole thing. Yeah, I would say there's a strategy behind it, though. The one who won yes. it said, you did a really good strategy. Like, who you got picked or how the song you selected uh, was definitely good strategy on their part. And I think they mixed up the performance, the facial expressions, and the uh, movement more than anyone else. So, like, the mm -hmm. the the girl, the, the performer who was in the finals was, I would say, the most, uh, like she had the visuals down she was the most oh. like like the, the the prettiest queen of because i think you even said in the yeah. thing you're not just voting for a face people you're voting for a performance <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and she she uh got she presented more physical like features and face mm -hmm. expressions and just like owning it in the confidence but the person who took it really 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 seriously was doing that as well as the performing aspect and put a lot into their performance, like their falls and their drops and everything like that. Um, I actually was backstage when they were talking, and the one person was like, "Yeah, I'm in the finals. That's just, that's just how this is going down." Like they took it that seriously, and then when they weren't, I like kind of gauged. I was like, "Oh, they're legit. They're hot right now. Like they're." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." So I think the first question I asked you is, "Is this is this shoot like so?" In wrestling, shoot means is this like legit or is it worked? Like, and I remember you saying like, "No, we're gonna." 100% have a competition and see who wins and then you had to enter into the competition and you're like all right so that one was fake <laughs> yeah well out of, out of uh we were supposed to have eight people three people dropped out and so I had to step in and fill in so that one girl she got lucky I even told her when we were walking back I was like I'm not going easy on you because I, it's not my reputation it's going to be my reputation on the line however you will make it into the file. So try your best and do your best. And so when we yeah. went for it, <laughs> I had a good time and I know I ate. And when we say we ate, like you ate and left no crumbs, like you served it up and no one could say anything different. You had the biggest wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
I tell you, I, I we watched everything that. came off. Everything Yo, fell my off. Wig came off. My leotard snapped. It started sliding up. I was just like, I can't. I can't. And I didn't know when I perform. Like when I perform and I'm in the zone, like I get very competitive too. So I, when I saw my wig. I was like, oh no, we're the wigs coming. We're throwing the wig. I'm going. And then uh, when I after the performance, someone's like your thing came unsnapped i'm like no it didn't and i'm looking down I'm like oh yep. yes it did. you all saw my goodies you saw everything <laughs> so- um <laughs> how many performers that were unable to make it that day then went back and seen the footage and everything and was like why did i miss that show i they had not told me so unfortunately actually no one the one one of them out of the three one of them did message me she goes i am so sorry now she had a legit reason she's going to be back for this next one the next one's actually going to be september 29th um so she's like i want to be in it and i was like okay just i i know her certain she has a she has a situation that i was like just get yourself under control make yourself very healthy and well-being and i will put you in the show and so she'll be back and i can't wait to have her because she would have y'all would have they she's great she's a good performer i've performed with her several times and every time i watch her like she'll give you she's a good queen that gives you sex appeal and like a fierce way um she also is very good with um characterization so when she has a character in mind she's good at portraying that character which is one of the key elements if you're performing drag and you don't know how or what to do Think of a character and then idolize that character and you will easily get through a show. I love that. Uh, Because that's usually the sanctuary bug as people say, well, I'm not going there. I'm not doing this. And then they see the footage afterwards and they go, all right, how do I get involved in this? That was the most magical thing I've ever seen. Um, I hope and I, I, I don't hope I know it's going to be a thing. Sanctuary, not only the top stunt studio for uh, your wrestling or non wrestling stunt fighting, um, but after that one drag show that uh, that happened that night, I think everybody uh, in attendance and the people who were working and the people who are part of the stunts fighting, um, everyone's like, how can we keep this as a regular thing? We're not one to tutor on no one's the sanctuary, but we know how special our building is and, and we want more art to open up and do more there. And uh, we just try to be as welcoming as possible. But the uh, I just felt like that building was made for stunt fighting and drag shows and i hope we hope we can keep that bond and that uh that way to form the arts together as a thing um it it was a it was a great time um i absolutely i had an absolute blast at my first drag show and and seeing a special performance of a legit competition and seeing all the highs and lows of everything uh everyone did a fantastic job they're all amazing performers uh i i met so many cool people one of the other performers is also a giant uh professional wrestling fan and we got to talk uh, after the show as well um and I gotta say, um, they may need a commentator person soon. So if that person, if she's interested in commentary, maybe start sliding the sanctuary. They need somebody up there. And also, Trixie Valentine, we need a ring announcer for a lot of these shows. So if you're not doing anything this Sunday, you should come out and hang out. This Sunday, I can't do it this Sunday. Okay, but, but soon. We, but we need Trixie Valentine out there. Ring announcer. I've always, I, I want to be the ring person so i have always wanted to be one of the girls that have the numbers of what the round is going to be or just well, we I don't love do that them. in wrestling i know but I, boxing. I, I, oh, sorry, <laughs> boxing. but I love being the instigator i love to be the one that just helps um the other people like feel extra and good and so 
no, yeah. I I actually was it John? Yeah, John. I said John. let me know, let me know when because if I have off or I'm able to do it, I will 100% be down there and some kind of every outfit. first every first Friday and usually the third Sunday of every month. Oh, there you go. So that means <laughs> that means it's coming up soon because September. I think it's September 3rd. It's the first Friday in September. So we have some uh, questions here from the Discord. Uh, no no live questions yet, but people are still hanging out and, and enjoying. Uh, first question, if I can find it, where are we at? Uh, I, this kind of was asked earlier, but who were some of your influences uh, and idols growing up? I feel like uh, that was kind of asked. Uh, one of our people thought you were a professional wrestler, so their question was, who would you like to wrestle against? Um, well, so that's I mean- well, who do you want to fight? Who, who, who's who's Tracy beating up? Um, so I don't know if I would actually want to fight someone, but if I ever had the experience, I'd be okay if someone like choke slammed me, as long as it's oh, you know, would take a bump. Oh, I definitely would. I, for them, yeah. But then also, I would want to learn how to jump off the high rope. So as long as the man who's catching me, because here's the thing: like, I would love to. I as much as I would want to fight other women in drag i would love rather just have a nice strong man catch me as he falls backwards because i jumped off the high ropes in drag like if there that if someone can make that a thing for me i will practice i will come to rehearsal and we'll make a show where i jump off the high rope onto them i i'm sure there's plenty of people who would be willing <laughs> to take 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 a, a, a splash off the top from trixie valentine uh i think that would be hilarious yeah. um another question here what advice would you give someone who maybe question their sexuality slash are their preference so uh embrace my first thing is embrace it if anyone's feeling like or questioning uh their sexuality or gender always embrace it because when we start rejecting or putting away we start going into a place of negativity or insecurity and we don't need that we need to be like you know what what if i am what what does that feel like why is that um you know and uh embrace that and feel it and go for it um with that as mind you know there's a lot of other things that come up with sexuality if someone's questioning their sexuality like you don't always need a term for sexuality even though we love terms because it helps put that it categorize it in our mind so read up on different sexualities to be like maybe it's this one and it's okay if it's not. Maybe in a month or a week, you're like, you know what? It wasn't that one, and it was just a feeling. And um, there's a lot of different things that I could say that I add on on here, right? So one of the things I we do mapping of sexuality is one of the things I teach people, and it's where we find different pleasure points of who we are. And so we find self pleasure, but then we find principal pleasures that can be just. Uh, We'll think of it as kink. Uh, we can do it as just a sensational pleasure or whatever. And then when you start learning about them, you apply um, an image to it. And then there's fantasy and there's desire and you unfold yourself. And you're like, you know what? I had this whole fantasy with this specific person. Maybe my sexuality isn't this. And that's a very personalized journey, which that was a whole script to what I have done for people and helped them be like, you know what, you know, the fantasy I had did have this type of person, but it also had this type of person. Right. And yeah. so what does that, what does that mean? I, I, so I experienced my first pride event as well. Uh, actually a couple of weeks before the sanctuary show, I went to my very first pride event. Um, 
and, and so two of the things that, that I took from it going into it, I, I had a little bit of hesitation and fear and not of the accepting aspect of it is the psychopaths who don't accept. Right. So like how you said earlier, the people who counter protest, the people who show up, we live in a world where people are scary and they go to extreme measures to stop people from being who they are. So I, I had to be honest, like a lot of times, like I was there and I was kind of like Batman. I caught my Batman brain where I'm always like analyzing and studying people. And it wasn't the people who were part of the event. It was like, who's like, is there anyone here that is that's looking to be negative or harmful? You know what I mean? And, and, um, and that's just coming from someone who is just an ally of the community. I can't imagine the fear of waking up that day and being like, yo, I'm going to a spot where I'm going to be absolutely accepted for who I am, but also have the fear of, is anyone there going to harm us? You know what I mean? Like, I hate to even put that thought process into a, such a magical loving place, but like, we live in a world where people are fucking terrifying, you know? Um, uh, I have the motto, or this is this is only for me. I don't always encourage to follow. Like, this is one of those role model aspects of only don't yeah. follow it. But if you want to, like, understand the consequences that come. But my motto is, like, I'd rather die happy. Like, I, 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 I've had so many times when I've had that fearful moment, I'm like, you know, if today's the day I go out, I'm going to look good. My lips looks going to be, my lipstick's going to be on. My wig's going to be snatched. And I know I'm going to be fierce in that front cover yeah. photo of me better do me justice, which yeah. is, a, is a way to think about it that some people find humor for it, which as a queer person, we use awful humor to overcome trauma, which we did talk about earlier today. But I, um, I lean heavily in my dark humor. <laughs> right. Like that's a real thought for me. I've had people go, don't go, don't go. And I go. I'm going because I want people to know I'm standing up above that hate. And if something yeah. does happen to me, it doesn't mean we backstep. It means we fall forward. Why yeah. did this happen? And, and, and I guess that's the idea of, let's just say what it is, is terrorism, right? So the idea of terrorism is to make you not want to feel comfortable or do what you want to do because the idea of you could be harmed doing it, right? Uh, it sucks that we have those like fears in our brain, but that's the best way to overcome it is just kind of, it's like let just go you know what i mean at the end of the day is go um the other question i have and i hope that this is one of those heterosexual white males walking on eggshells not wanting to say the wrong thing but asking a question to learn is um i try to view everything from both sides right so politically spectrum or just socialized or people that say is like you know drag is this or that or the lgbt is this or pride events are this or you know maybe too much nudity or exposure at these things and there's kids involved that that i didn't really have any issues with that or any, any issues in general but one of the things i did see that i wanted to present or ask a question for you in this because i feel like you're one of the better, better people to answer it is um when when lgbt pride events also turn into like where people show up with their kink as well I don't want to, I'm not calling out any group of people or certain things. I know what you mean. Um, yes. So it's the, what's, what's specifically the question? Uh, how do you merge the two or how to make everyone feel inclusive, but also be like, hey, like it is about love and not so much about what you're into inside your bedroom as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, how I answer this for anyone is that might not be your pride. 
right? So yeah. one of the things we've learned is we don't have to be a part of everything. And so I there are certain prides more. These are more high volume in cities uh, where kink or more of a uh, sexual performance of uh, expression is out forward facing in that pride. And that just might not be for your pride because one of the things I tell people is that's still part of our community. The kink community and Leatherman's community helped us uh, mm -hmm. back in the day, specifically the 80s when the AIDS epidemic was there. They were the ones providing sanctuary. They were the ones going out face forward in some of these rebellion acts to be like our sex, our sexuality and who we are with should not be any different than anyone else's others. And, and when I say any different, I mean like it should not be hated on because mm -hmm. it is uh, not what it is. And the other part to it is we did not put that uncomfortability onto other people. Uh, straight people did. Straight people demonized who we were. And so I challenge when people have those biases, why is it making you uncomfortable? Um, yeah. The other part to that is, is like when we always term it with family friendly, I was like, that just might need be for your family. Um, I hate the idea of when we say something is family friendly. It's why I've been ch uh, changing the wording and saying family friendly. It's all ages, right? Because yeah. with all ages, there is a pattern and structure we need to do for all ages. That's why we have, uh, you know, G rated, PG rated, PG 13, like those, it's what all ages is. When we say family friend, uh, family friendly or uh, for all families, like who's family. And so specifically for this kink conversation, um, if it's at that pride and you're uncomfortable, that just might not be your pride is what I tell people. I love and, that. That's a great, yeah, it's a great it's way to, yeah. Pride. Like that's fine. Like what they're doing is nothing, there's nothing wrong for it. It's high sexual, it's high volumed. You're a little uncomfortable. Ask yourself why. But at the same time, um, I've been there. Like I've been at scenes where I'm just like, this ain't for me and I don't need to be here. And I'm removing myself. I don't need them to remove out of me because then that's entitlement. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it wasn't like I wasn't in a form of uncomfortability, but it was coming from, I guess, the way my mindset was going into it was I'm in there to accept and love everybody. And that's the, 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 and, and, be what the the event was for but also i came in with the same like well this is what i hear on the other side of the spectrum of why they disagree with this or why they don't like it so i kind of came in with maybe i can answer those questions so if i was ever in a situation of saying like well this is why i don't like this stuff and then me someone because a lot of those people who don't like it also won't go and have an experience to get those questions answered so I kind of went into that as the person of, especially as a content creator or someone who is a communicator and likes to have those conversations, especially the hard ones to be like, well, this was my experience. And this is now you actually gave me a better answer on how to then handle that situation going forward, because it wasn't, I wasn't so uncomfortable with it, but I, that was some of the things that I've heard from the other spectrums of why they're uncomfortable in it. Uh, and I think the way you've phrased that is, is the way I'm going to go forward and help educate others. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. Uh, Jacob, where can people find you with social media, uh, your book are, uh, and your website? I know most of your links will be below, but plug them yeah. out there. So uh, on Instagram, I have two. One specifically for drag, which is Trixie Valentine. And please spell it T-R-I-X-Y, not with an I-E. You will not find me with an I-E. I don't, I'm not cute. I'm drop-dead gorgeous, so we do why. Uh, so Trixie Valentine is my Instagram, my second Instagram to find more of my educational stuff and to see where I'm going to be, um, outside of drag is juicy with Jake. Um, my Facebook is also Trixie Valentine and I have a page for mixed Kelly core education. 
Uh, you can find my book, Tipping is a Must, 100 Tips to Successfully Run a Drag Show. It's actually, what I've actually learned from my readers is these are life lesson tips as well, which I was not expecting, which I'm super thankful that people are finding other ways to apply these tips, uh, which is great that you can find that on Amazon. Um, or you can go to juicywithjake.com and scroll down to the page and everything is there. My drag and my merch is also on there when you go to the drag queen section. Um, a lot of people don't like ciphering through this website, although I under uh, not specifically my website. My website is absolutely- Your website is built very well and thank is you. very like, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I had, I'm blessed to know the people who did it. Um, and they took all the things because they're like, how do you want it? I was like, this, this, and this is like, why? And I'm like, because I wanted to make it accessible and easy for everyone. It's simple and it gets right to the point and everything is easy to find. Yes. So yeah, it's very, those very are my main, website. thank you. Main areas to find me is all of those. Um, and if anyone wants to contact me, you literally can contact me on any of those sites. Um, my um, website's going to be the easiest way because it goes directly to my email, which I have access to every day. If you message me on Instagram or Facebook, it's a little bit harder for me to be like, oh, I got a request. Like I don't always see them. So just yeah. putting that out there. I, I appreciate your time today and, and, and educating me and hopefully my listeners and viewers, uh, if, especially for the pro wrestling scene, go support a drag show. You will be absolutely shocked of how similar these two worlds are. And, uh, and you will 100% have a blast because if you're a person in the industry, who's a professional wrestling fan, or even in the world of professional wrestling, go into a drag show, the same energy you would want if you were in the ropes and you will have the most fun of all time like it is the the worlds are so similar and it's it was an absolute blast and the the and and the best way to experience it i'm sorry is at the sanctuary and the next show coming up is when september 29th i'm going to confirm that right now because it's the last friday of september and it is going to be at 7 p.m yep i was right september 29th 7 p.m at the sanctuary and it's going to be a lip sync battle. So not your standard show, uh, but one where people go head to head singing a lip sync battle, a song. Um, we have a few more things we're trying to do to kind of get the audience a little bit more active. So if you are looking for that involvement, we are going to add that to this show as well. So I can't wait for that. Um, so yeah, I hope, I hope to see more people there. And um, to find out more about the show, just follow any of my inst uh, social media content or things and they will always be posted. And if you're not from the area or you can't physically be there because it maybe travels too much for you, it will be streamed live on the Sanctuary's YouTube page. So Sanctuary PA TV. Uh, so you can tune in and, and watch and have a blast. Once again, thank you so much for this. Uh, I, I, I can't wait for the next one. Anyone else in the community would love to come and have a conversation. I'm down to have it. Like I said, I am opening the doors. It's not just for professional wrestling. That's my niche, right? But I want more people to come in that have a story that are chasing a dream, want to get their message out there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm open for for anything uh it's um next week episode uh already recorded but uh it will be next thursday and it will be the wrestler blackstrom so uh make sure you tune in and check that one out tattoos on this guy unbelievable we, and, and tattoo questions do come up uh <laughs> but um back to here uh so make sure you keep supporting the podcast thank you guys so much and thank you all so much for the support and the continued support uh like i said links below for myself and my guests here's some music by the converse kid billy trey and we'll see you next thursday unless i see you on monday if you subscribe to that patreon see you then